Grog. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Stylish Shed podcast. I'm Matthew Weir, and I'm joined by just Kerry Warbis this week. Kerry, random theatrics, all over the place performances, promises oh, so much but oh. never deliver. Could be the archers. <laughs> Or something else beginning with AR, Matthew. How are Arsenal getting on in the North London Derby? You absolute bastard. Really shit, thanks. Yeah, we've had a penalty. 2-0 down at half-time. It's currently 3-0 and we're down to 10 men. It's 74th minute, so. And they're just bringing on Tavares, who is shit. There you go, Kerry's next <laughs> Kerry's fan channel coming next week. Kerry Fan TV. Oh. We, could, we should do a post-match interview like where you completely lose it like they do on those YouTube channels. Yeah. That'd be excellent. We'll do that as an outtake. Well, I went, yeah, I went to see Northman at the cinema last night and there's a lot of like guttural, primal screaming into the screen. So I could do some of that while sort of hacking at things with an axe. So, I mean, when I originally found out that we, you were going to be recording tonight with one eye on the North London Derby, I thought that might be happening on air anyway. And I would just be <laughs> going like hell at the mute button when I did the edit. <laughs> uh, but it is, yeah, it's, I mean, one thing, um, me, you and Peter, we are um, opposed in terms of our football teams, mm. but we always join together in our loathing of Spurs. Good. It's one thing that unites us. Unfortunately, it just hasn't happened yeah. for you tonight. Well, not yet. Anyway, who knows? Uh, you you could be witnessing incredible scenes on air. Yeah, if they make a comeback. Strange things happen. I mean, there's only 15 minutes to go now, and John Cooper in in Sweden will be laughing his beautiful little head off. Ah, is, that lo- is that lovely John who's messaged us about about the pod a couple of times? Yeah, yeah, he's a Spurs fan. That's the worst thing about him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, the worst thing about this podcast is there's going to be an ad right now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Kerry, mm-hmm. quiche weirdness. That's where we started this week. I was a little baffled. I was not in not in the best physical and mental state on Sunday listening to this on the sofa. <laughs> and I had a few theories about what was going on. <laughs> but none of them disappointingly turned out to be true. What did you make of it all? Yeah, it was wild, wasn't it? Quiche Charmaine and Summer Tang. Already that made me go piss off. Ridiculous. What did Jill accidentally call them? Quiche Germain and the Ding Some... Dang Dougal band or something? <laughs> something twang, wasn't it? She she was dead keen, bless her, to um, get both of those quiches home so she didn't have to cook for one time in her life. <clears throat> so that was nice for Jill. But this whole Fallon 
being secretive about ingredients. It's going to be something really dull, isn't it, that she put in that she wanted to surprise everyone with. What will it be? It's got to be something as well that was in jars that were unlabeled. And if they weren't clear jars, which you'd think they would be, so you could sort of see the difference between the things that are on your shelf. I reckon Harrison's misplaced the key to the evidence cupboard down at the cop shop. And <laughs> Fallon's got some fine product on Do you the know? shelves. I don't know, because that's what I thought, was that she'd either put some kind of CBD stuff in there mm. or some something a little bit more psychoactive some crazy mushrooms. There was a lot of panic. Yeah, we were hoping that. But Jill sort of said, is it harmful? And she went, oh, no, no, not harmful at all. And that was devastating. <laughs> I really wanted it to be some sort of terrible hallucinogenic mushrooms. A dead giveaway would have been got round there and Jill was listening to Inagada de Vida by Iron Butterfly with like a red light bulb on. You'd have known, <laughs> you'd have known what was happening. But <laughs> Yeah, getting all the... Uh, gong albums out (laughs) but as it turned out it was a happy accident oh god there's a secret ingredient to a bread and butter pudding which nobody knows fanny butter Mm. (laughs) he plays for darrington uh seniors doesn't he does he you can't say batsman you have to say batter (laughs) that's one of uh tracy's mantras and I was like, oh, batter. Whenever I hear the word batter, my ears prick up, you know, whatever the, whatever the situation. Really. Coming up to the crease, Fanny Batter. <laughs> We're so bloody base, aren't we? We are a bit. Can't help but it. luckily, this gave Fallon a wonderful idea to bring peace and unity to the village. A pudding. Well, Tony thought it might be a pudding eating competition because he's a fuckwit. <laughs> a greedy fuck. A sugar fixated greedy fuckwit. The thing is, he'd be nowhere near in training for a pudding eating competition because he's got a tiny bowl, hasn't he? He has got a tiny bowl, and also he's not very fit and agile and fast either, is he? Because Pat ran him out, which caused great consternation. So, yeah, he wouldn't be too good at the eating competition. Luckily, it's not an issue for him because it's best new pudding. Oh, my God. Can I even be bothered to even remember what this was? They're going to everyone's going to create a new pudding and children are going to judge it initially to Jill's uh, disappointment because she was really selling herself as wise, sage and knowledgeable in that area. But now it's just kicked off between all the parents. It's like being on the side of um, an under-12s football game, isn't it? They're all fighting with each other. Yeah, competitive dads and what have you. Isn't part of seeing an ad first and getting in part of the process? I hate it all. I hate it. The whole fucking thing. Honestly, I absolutely cannot bear that every sodding week there's a competition of some sort in this stupid village. But you know that this is true to life, don't you? I mean, I've shown you how how it's just like a carousel of events in villages in the country like when i think about where friends of mine live and family live this it never ends yeah it's like a a theater production or a dance what's wrong with these people don't they have tvs and books and uh you know cinemas they do have tvs they lay them flat on the floor and they dance on them (laughs) (laughs) whilst eating pudding the only thing i wrote about this whole thing was isn't pudding a brilliant word it's used in Portuguese quite a lot, but it's P-U-D-I-M, which is pudgin. And it's a tr- it's like a, oh, I'll send you a photo. I can't give it, I can't okay. give it. It's like a big panna cotti style mm. syrup ring cake. 
That sounds terrible. Oi, come on. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> um, so who who was in the running? Who didn't make the cut? And who's angry? So we've got Henry has been, because Lee showed up. Yeah. After all the places have been filled. And Lee was kind of just there like going, are you going to break the heart of a young boy whose dream it is to work in the kitchen? I was like, what? <laughs> Haven't you thought about taking him around to your brother-in-law's place and Ian can take well Ian can't now can he yeah also if he wants to be he's you know he's got a burgeoning desire to be a cook wouldn't he rather be cooking than judging I thought see I missed the bit about it's kids only judging I thought they were going to get the kids to make the puddings no no that was the thing where Jill was saying, you know, it should be someone old and wise. And Fallon was like, well, quite the opposite, actually. And she had this idea that it was going to be, I was, God, I was talking as fast as Gove on breakfast TV then. <laughs> Sorry, Fallon. But mm. yeah, she came up with this opposite idea that it's going to be much more fun to have kids officiate. Right. So Jill can make her stupid pudding and a child will judge the stupid pudding. Is this? Yeah, that's and exactly what it's going to be people like. People will get very excited about the pudding. It's got, has it got to be a pudding that no one has ever seen before? Is it? Is this the thread from the creative accident quiche thing? Yeah, I once read an interview with a scientist when I was um, in my early teens and it blew my mind that said that the concept of what alien life looks like is probably so beyond the comprehension of the human mind that they will never look like we imagine them to look and it, we can't begin to envisage it. And I'm hoping that's what happens with these puddings. <laughs> Yeah, has, has anything not been done before in pudding world? I suppose so. You know. Yeah, I did work with a guy in Australia that made a tomato as a dessert, but ah. uh, he kind of just stuffed it with kind of fruit mints and stuff like that. It didn't really fruit work. what fruit mints, like the stuff that you put in um, mince pies. Oh, this sounds disgusting. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a, a failed experiment, as I recall. He put it on the menu for a couple of weeks no, with a basil ice cream and no one ordered it and then he took it off again. Oh, piss off. This is like those people who go on MasterChef and try to be really edgy and basically just f*** it up by going one step too far, don't they, by, you know, getting creative in inverted commas. But, you know, as Jill said, crepe Suzette was made this way. Yeah, Eaton Mess was apparently created because, well, it, it's mixed opinion, isn't it? Did someone's dog get into the picnic basket or did someone sit on it? But it was originally all separate. The meringue, uh, the, the whipped cream and the fruits. the fruits. And it all got mixed together as a result. I'm not a fan of meringues. They're a bit sort of, they make your, your teeth go funny if they're that hard, crispy stuff. I only like it when it's a bit gooey and chewy. Okay, maybe you should be judging this. <laughs> Have you ever had that com competitive child thing go I'm not. I wouldn't imagine you've done it. I'd, I'd imagine you to be defensive of your children. But have you ever had other like parents of kids come at you over competition they might be in or something like this? Oh, my, my kids aren't that competitive, thank God. So, and nor am I. Uh, I'm trying to think. My son did used to do the Sunday morning football stuff where we used to have to be at Eastbourne at eight in the morning on a Sunday in the rain. And there were some competitive parents really shouting at referees who were about 12. It was all very unhealthy, really. Yeah, I've seen a group of parents chase a quite portly uh, referee <laughs> across a pitch at Vassals Park at full time. And he's, the, you keep going in Vassals Park. It's where they film Robin and Sherwood. He just disappeared into the trees. <laughs> like, what are they going to do to him when they get hold of him? All the kids were left there going like, oh, Dad, I need to lift home. Mm. Yeah, it's a bit, people just, they just lose their mind, don't they? 
Yeah. The, the WhatsApp groups of kids football teams are apparently absolute gold. Ooh, yeah, I bet. I bet. I, I was a creative accident. Oh, were you? Yeah. My mum got expelled from, uh, I think it's teacher training college because she got pregnant pre-marriage in the 60s by accident and then because I can remember seeing my mum's uh, wedding photographs and sort of looking at the date and thinking hang on a minute <laughs> my birthday is um are you are you submitting your cv for the judging position that's what it feels like Kerry <laughs> because well, Fallon said everything's gone I'm afraid she had to she had to let <laughs> she had to let Ed down did Ed overreact a little bit? Of course. They're all overreacting. It's monstrous. I think uh, Lee overreacted. That She should have just said, go away. We haven't chosen anyone yet or something. I'm I not. Thought, I won't be influenced by anybody. I thought we were going to find out Kira had been binned in place of Henry, first mm. of all. But, but I thought Ed was kind of, you've changed Fallon. You do this to your old snot bandmate. They weren't called snot, were they? <laughs> what were they called? Oh, what was it? Grot. No. Dross. Dross, that's it. Grot. Yeah. <laughs> not grot. We got there in the end. I know that it's because Kira, you know, at the end of last week's podcast, I sort of went, oh, I forgot. Kira, is that um, leading to something? Because she'd got into a right half, hadn't she? Because Henry had been invited to something when he doesn't even know the child and she hadn't been. So I think, yeah, I think Ed was... Yeah, it was on the back of that, probably, wasn't it? The dad was a friend of Lee's, and that's why he mm. got invited, wasn't it? But yeah, you said right at the end of last week. Oh, I hope Kira doesn't have a breakdown. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we it's been building with this. Um, it, I mean, Ed's not going to help, is he? Are we going to get a? F- I thought this might have been better with a fiery Emma. Where is Emma? We need a bow. Yeah, I like. That line you've just said, Ed's not going to help. That's just sort of you know forever and ever in. Perpetuity? Perpetuity. Perpetuity. That's it. Just clip that and I'll just play it every now and again. (laughs) That can be another jingle of ours. Well, I mean, in terms of people turning up and behaving appallingly at children's sporting events, what did we think of the the geriatric (laughs) cricket? Kerry, you go. Geriatric cricket. Yeah. I can't even say it. I've tried about seven times today. There was a lot of geriatric cricket this week, wasn't there? Um, I've even seen someone else using that term, by the way. It's out there now, isn't it? Yeah. I think you've lost all creative control. It's like me with Turbo Island in Bristol, which is a little verge in Stokes Croft where in the late 90s I branded it Turbo Island because I worked in a pub just around the corner from it (laughs) uh, because everyone drank Turbo White and it now is officially a brand. Um, Oh. Yeah, it became and it just caught on. Everyone who drank in the bell kept calling it that. Luckily, there are a pocket of people around who know that it was me that came up. Ah, oh, the glory. It's like Mince Casey. That was mine as well. But anyway, oh, very good. that's faded out now. I'm sad. And well, and from Mince Casey, Menage Abattoir. Yeah, <laughs> very good. We're just like this sort of creative machine, really, aren't we? I just don't know. We are. We just keep churning it out. Other people mop it up. Yeah. Thank heavens for them. Are you delaying the inevitable here, Kerry? Because we went on to the geriatric... Mm. Help me. Geriatric cricket. That's the one. And we know who featured very large this Mm. week in that particular area of the plot. And you know what that means, don't you? I do. Pet chat. Pet chat. Pet chat. Pet chat. Pet chat. (laughs) (laughs) It's pet chat. (laughs) 
I absolutely adore. I'm actually I've got I've got tears. Adore that auto tune. <laughs> it's Peter, isn't it, singing? But I think he's talking. Is it hell? It is. Oh, that's even it, better. It's him, yeah. He told me. Yeah. So, and then he, he oh, just. I thought it was of... Cher. <laughs> Do you believe in life after Pat? <laughs> I don't believe in life with Pat <laughs> at all. In fact, I was so eager. You know, when my notes say Pat and Tony are basically, because bicker, 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 bicker about something so pathetic, they hate each other most of the time. And then I thought, hang on a minute. Not that long ago, they had an anniversary, didn't they, where they had that really sickly moment at the end where they go, oh, you know, after, was it 60 years? <laughs> I can't remember. can never remember anything. Not 60 because it was his 70th birthday. <laughs> they which would got make, together when they were 10. That would make Pat a right month. <laughs> well, it feels like bloody 60 years listening to them. Um, they're so hateful towards each other, aren't they? And it all came out this week, didn't it, via the medium of cricket and the fact that mm. whoever of the two of them caused the other one to get mm-hmm. run out. They couldn't really agree. I mean, apparently, I think Pat was put off because um, Tony was shouting, come one, come one. <laughs> I know. I've never heard that, but I'm not wildly interested in cricket. But why don't you just say run once? Yeah, or stay, or, you know. Yeah, like, she, she's not bloody sheepdog as well. It sounded like, come by. Yeah, it was like, well, yeah, one man and his dog, all those little yeah. kind of weird <laughs> phrases they used to make on a Sunday afternoon before I had to take my bath. <laughs> yes, one man and his pat. It was tragic. Poor old Lee had to show up as arbiter, and I was about halfway through it, and I was like, oh, this is so random, having, it's lovely to have Lee back. Um, yeah. Why is he having, you know, why is he dealing with this in such a, familiar way and I was like oh he's practically related to this twat <laughs> just remembered yeah because because Helen's been out of it for so long thank god and then Lee's back <laughs> yeah Are you sure Kerry hang on you're sitting on the fence there a bit <laughs> well it was nice to hear Lee so he's helped with Henry he helped with Pat and Tony didn't he he's a soothing force generally speaking. Yeah. Great that Helen didn't accompany him at any point during the week. You know, let's be thankful for small mercies. Another person I was really happy to hear was Alistair. I, I quite I have a fondness for him. He's a good egg, isn't he, Alistair? Mm. Not in this people might say of his his ex Shula that she's a good egg as well. And she's a bad egg. She's yeah. she floats or she sinks. I can never remember what the as a chef, that's terrible, isn't that's it? That's a witch. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, same same difference. <laughs> Hopper in the arm. Yeah. Yeah. It's if she drowns, she's not a witch. If she floats, she is. So you have to sort of burn her or something. So, yeah, we got Alistair. <clears throat> Alistair came back into it. So, yeah, a bit of affection for Alistair, affection for Lee. Lee was even understanding when uh, Tony swung Leonard's lucky bat and got him <laughs> in his nunchucks. He didn't lose, didn't even lose the plot then, did he? Well, they, they cut away, didn't they? So who knows what might have happened. He might have actually really punched Tony in the face. <laughs> <clears throat> That would have been good. Uh, there was a terrible gag in my mind when Leonard, where Pat was saying, oh, Leonard's bringing his lucky bat. And I thought, you know, is it Jill? <laughs> I did tweet that. I think probably everyone on the tweet along possibly tweeted that as well. Uh, not very original. Uh, yeah, Leonard's doing well, but he wasn't heard. 
No, he's got Ray Illingworth's bat, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. I have heard of him. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's out swinging that around. He got the winning run. Mm-hmm. But they came back because Tracy just drove onto the cricket pitch, honking her horn and running over most of Darrington, it seems. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> um, she, she allowed to mow down the outside field. <laughs> Peter Bowker, who I adore, he was tweeting about um, whether Leonard's bat is some sort of phallic symbol because he's always sort of polishing it and waving it around and beating people with it what do you reckon Mm, i don't know i don't think he's in need of any phallic symbol i mean he's he's an absolute prince isn't he he's great behind the wheel Mm. so he's like a sterling moss wg grace who was light on his feet apparently oh yeah he had a doctor's surgery in the area of bristol where i grew up i always think when you say things like that i just think oh here's a joke coming no. Some, something to do with stumps. I don't know. <laughs> his practice was in Kingswood, as far as I know. And you can pass his house in Clifton. And the last time I was in Bristol, I was drinking in the old England. And Here the back we go. That's a no. Here, that's No, it's a here we go moment. Kenny Higgs <laughs> the other day, he said the funniest bit of last week was when I went, here we go. Because <laughs> you went off on one of your, oh, this pub I used to work in, or <laughs> this festival I went to. <laughs> They're fascinating, but you've got so many stories. It's absolutely astounding. This was only from the last time I was in Bristol. I was having having a pint in the old England, and at the back of there are cricket nets, and WG Grace used to practice in the nets at the back of the old England pub. Oh, my goodness. Well, there you go. Serendipitous interweaving of our lives and the stories of Ambridge. So let's, let's touch back on Alistair being in it, because he was peacemaker between Jim and Stella, wasn't he? Yes, yes. Now that scene with Jim and Stella, <clears throat> that was an odd one, wasn't it? She went, why was she in the shop? Oh, bread, wasn't it? I think wasn't anything interesting she was buying, but they introduced each other to each other, didn't they? By medium of pretending to be bacon. Oh God, yes. How did I forget that? And he went, I'm Jim. And she went, I'm Jim and I li- I'm best between two slices. <laughs> it act- at one point I thought, what she just said? Because she was like, I'm I'm Jim and I like it best when I'm tucked up between. I was like, what? <laughs> and he went, no, uh, I am Jim. <laughs> I'm not bacon. <laughs> there were quite a few very surreal points this week. I think Nick Warburton, uh, or was it Warburton's bread that he uh, liked being tucked between? I don't know. I think he'd had a few dodgy quiches this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you say dodgy. One man's dodgy quiche. Is yeah. another man's party quiche. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean, though? It was, you know, there was the weird quiche thing, this strange let's pretend to be food, the kitchen thing that we'll come on to later. But, yeah. I think if you had decided this week to do two things in your life, mm-hmm. which, or maybe if you were a serial stoner and for the very first time you decided to listen to the archers, <laughs> you would have come away thinking it's wholly bizarre. Yes, yeah, indeed. And we're not serial stoners, but I agree with them. <laughs> it, it is. I, I did. I tweeted this evening that, um, which I, it's not the first time I've tweeted this about. I'm pretty convinced that this is a government experiment. <laughs> In uh, what way? Um, <laughs> but I'll find the tweet that I wrote. You know, like in terms of they're watching us morons listening to such drivel constantly and commenting upon it every day of our lives so it's kind of just a test we're going to feature in a channel 4 documentary at some point i mean it's a long time in the making though isn't it since the (laughs) early 50s 
Yeah, it is. But oh, oh yeah, but it's a government experiment. I'm more sure of it with each passing week. We're all being tested for gullibility and or moronically continuing to listen and comment on something that's pure gobbledygook. We'll, we'll all feature on a Channel 4 documentary scene. So. Kerry, <clears throat> yeah. Kerry, we haven't quite got enough listeners who don't listen to the archers yet to start shitting on the archers. <laughs> start? We've got, we've got a few. <laughs> We've got a few people who only listen to us and have no idea who we're talking about, but now I mean, live what, through the archers vicariously. What must they think? This, I think they're starting we're talking to, about now. Well, you know. I tell you what this might be like. My Aussie relatives mm. came over to England in the late 80s on one of their visits. Mm. And at that time, Neighbours had just launched. And you remember there was a bit of a time delay, eight or nine months. And pre-internet, every now and again... What, between Australia and England? <laughs> between neighbours, not between. <laughs> not between the, and they, because they only showed it three times a week in, in uh, Australia. It took, they were showing it every day in England, relentlessly mm. trying to catch up at that point. So spoilers would drift out to the tabs. And, oh. But my, my family came over, my two cousins came over to visit, Anne and Betty, and they were in Debenhams or somewhere like that. And the first question they'd get asked is like, after someone found out they were Australian was, What's happening in Neighbours? And <laughs> they don't watch Neighbours at the time. They, they don't watch it mm. now. They never did. But they eventually started to, because people would ask so many questions, they knew the names Jim, uh... Helen, and they'd be like, what happened to Jim? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, he died. <laughs> he died in a <laughs> terrible accident. And blah, blah. and one time, they, I think it was Debenhams, someone called upstairs to the other departments went, we've got two Aussie girls down here telling us what's happening in Neighbours. And all these people <gasps> came down to get the goss and oh. Anne and Betty were just spinning them a yarn. Brilliant. So, so it's like pre-Twitter spoilers on stuff that's in America and here and what have you. It's actual people visiting from another country are the source of the spoilers. And that's what people are doing who listen to us talk about the archers yet know not what, of what we speak. I wonder if it in any way entices them towards actually listening. I think some people dip in and dip out. Yeah, yeah. I've had a few comments like that. Okay. Listen, if there's one reason to listen, falsifying bookings for kitchen reps so that both the cold caller can get his commission mm. and Lily won't lose her bonus. Recruitment he bonus. Recruitment bonus. That was it. Yeah. God. Oh, my so, Lord. Save end... me from this hell. Can it end well? No, it can't end well. <laughs> it hasn't started well. <laughs> it will not end well. And that scene that was supposed to be hilarious wasn't really hilarious, was it? I mean, it was all right until Shula arrived. Yes. And she was supposed to be the funniest part. Oof, no, she wasn't. She just killed it. I thought it was all quite funny where... It was Fern, Alistair and Jim. I mean, I don't know, Kerry, have you ever artistically followed through? <laughs> Probably, yeah. I quite liked the idea of upbeat tilage. That was good. Yeah, it was one of my favourite genres in the early 90s. <laughs> Fern, she was obviously very OTT, wasn't she? Tray chic and uh, really smarming up to Jim about, you know, someone with design is really um, taking care of this and obviously probably looking at some shonky old... For Micah in the background. I thought she'd stopped off at the tea shop for one of Fallon's quiches. And she was like, <laughs> we can do dreams. I know. Yeah. And what's your idea? Uh, honestly, dreadful. But would you actually get commission on a visit rather? Surely you'd have to have the sale closed to get any form of commission. I think there is a little bit of a 
drip down if the rep just goes out. Oh, right. Okay. That's considered a success. And then it's on the rep, isn't it? So do you think the kitchen world or whatever the place is called where they work, do you think that they're going to twig when Fern has visited every kitchen in Ambridge? <laughs> and everyone who's like <laughs> even vaguely um, socially related to Jazzer. Yeah. I mean, she's in the house where he lives. The clues are there, aren't they, for God's sake? Also, I thought he's only been there about two days, hasn't he, at the job? Well, it's it's Ambridge time. I reckon he's been there a couple of weeks. Okay, so in Ambridge time, it's sort of equivalent to five years or something, is it? He's been fully trained because uh, Lily had that review meeting with him. And at first I didn't recognise it was Lily. Did you think it was Tam Brownlow? Yeah, did you? I did at first, yeah. It was only when Lily sort of said to Shula, oh, I had a meeting with, um, that's Lizzie, isn't it? I had a meeting with... Um, that's you. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I am Mike Yarwood. You probably don't remember him. Of course I remember Mike Yarwood. And this is me and do a really shit song at the end. Yeah, uh, yeah, the review meeting though, like you wouldn't be having that. He hasn't even been trained yet. Why are you angry with this guy? Because he's not making sales. He's literally just sort of started. And he, he seems to, apparently he's doing his Denim Ruddock voice, which is was he role played <laughs> as being a salesman anyway, when he mm. got Tracy in the shit at Grey Gables. So he's he obviously Tracy doing that. <laughs> no, because Oliver got there just oh, in yeah, time. Yeah, good, good. Okay. We wouldn't want that. But he thinks that it's just chatting to people. And then Lily kind of said, well, have you spoke about kitchens? And he's like, well, sometimes we get onto it. Oh, that yeah, because he said people out there are lonely. <laughs> you can just imagine him just wa- waffling on about nonsense. But, you know, sometimes you can get <clears throat> sales like that, though. Yeah, I agree. I think he's, I mean, he's, he's a shoo-in for the Samaritans, isn't he? I don't think he's that depressed. <laughs> I am listening to this shite. Oh, I've also forgot. I know this isn't anything to do with what we're talking about, but the geriatric cricket related. The ashes. Oh, yeah. Burnt tea cake, isn't it? In a mustard tin. It'd be much better if it was Burt Fry. In a mustard tin. Yeah. <laughs> a really giant mustard tin. <laughs> it didn't burn him. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> yeah. What's the other version of uh, not cremation? What, what what do they do when you're in um, embalmed? That's it. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> in a mustard tin. Yeah. That's what Trevor would want. <laughs> Give him a good talking point, wouldn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Kitchen nightmares. Yeah. Shula came in and kind of, um, as you say. Chichester. Live here. My kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Come on, love. Cotton on. Yeah, then she just turned it into a, a kind of a vessel to attack Alistair and Jim for anything they might have done over the years to upset her. Yeah, what was that? What on earth was that story where she went, oh, you know, he couldn't even book us a restaurant. He said it was the one with the pot plant in the window. So we sat next to the wrong pot plant. Yeah, and there was that moment straight afterwards she went, and um, sorry, fern? And I thought Alistair was going to go, no, pot plant. <laughs> I don't know if that was on purpose that they put that in there, but... I bet it bloody wasn't. Uh, They're not as good as you, Matthew. I am available. (laughs) But she says she's sick of being surprised. I don't know. The feeling's long been mutual, Shula. You've been (laughs) gone a while. (laughs) 
Oh, dear. Who was it who said she was formidable? Was it Jim? Oh, it, if it wasn't for Shula, yeah, walking in, I would have bought a kitchen. <laughs> would you? That's very strange. Speaking of all things Jazza related, Tracy and Chelsea went for the same job. I mean, yeah, we're, get, we're getting sold this this miserable tale of Tracy, mm. isn't it? Gary's off now, despite the fact that he was never there recently, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> he's gone to work in the docks somewhere on the east coast. Harwich. Which, for some reason, uh, Tr- Chelsea is imagining he's gone to be in Pirates of Penzance. Oh yeah, HMS Pinafore or something. Yeah, because she sort of went, "What? He's gone to Wales." Yeah. No, it's not Gilbert Sullivan. <laughs> I do I do quite enjoy Chelsea. She's quite hysterical, isn't she? A lot of the time. Positive this week as well, wasn't she? She doesn't see herself as surly, which Tracy said cost her her job at Lower Loxley back in Loxley back in the days. Oh, when Tracy was practicing um I am committed. What am I committed to? I can't remember. Oh, I'm oh, that's it. I'm committed to wiping. <laughs> She's had time enough to now decide that Tam Brownlow was a cow, which I thought was quite good. Because at the time I was like, did Tam Brownlow do something wrong? She never said, because she said immediately after the interview, no, she was nice. Yeah. It was just I panicked. But now she's like, that fucking yeah. <laughs> Now I've slept on it. I'm going to go around there and <laughs> her eyes and piss on her brain. Hey, have we heard of Trent before? Trent, he's the the manager at Lower Loxley, food and beverage or front of house manager? Yeah, but have we heard of him before? You haven't answered the question. Mate. Oh, sorry. I, sorry, Kerry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, <laughs> is the game finished? Yes. Okay. All right. I've Just switched. Check. It's a Just... black screen next to me now. I'm not looking at red and white failures anymore. <laughs> have we heard of him before? I don't think so. There was another chap that we used to hear of a little bit helping out at Lower Loxley, but I don't think that was Trent. And then he left... Didn't it? No, that person left and that was why Lily had to help out for a mm. bit. Um, so, no, we haven't heard from him before. But he's going to be a mentor or a trentor, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Why? For wiping tables? He's going to mentor Freddie, isn't he? Oh, shit. I've missed that. Sorry. Approachable, fair, tough, authoritative. Because there was a moment where Lily said to Freddie, this was tonight, what were you talking to mum about? And he said, he basically did that kind of sibling thing, none of your business. And she said, come on, tell me. And he said, no, because if I tell you, you'll just, he said, Laugh you'll diss. Oh, that yeah. was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he, I think, it was funny because he had that conversation with Tracy on Wednesday and she turned on him hella quick, didn't she? Which Ooh, was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really bad for you with the big house. And then he was like, well, it was meant to be my dad looking after all of this. Until, like, you know, my uncle pushed him off the roof. Yeah, I mean, all right. Get your bloody play that card. She's not wrong, is she? You know, no, she's not wrong, but it's not technically Freddie's fault, is it? It's not Freddie's fault, but he has no idea what it's like to be at her end of things. Properly no idea. And I know, yes, Nigel died, but he he's living in this amazing place that he's... Heaven? They did make... Yeah. <laughs> Um, they did make it up, didn't they? They said, like, right, let's let's agree that we're both on different paths and I hope yours leads somewhere nice. <laughs> yeah, and we find out in the end that Chelsea gets the job, probably because she's cheaper. Well, definitely, that's what Freddie said, didn't he? And then there was that whole scene, I don't know, I'm going to kind of steer slightly clearer this one, where it turned out that, you know, Lily was saying, you're quite right, you don't want to be objectified in a short skirt. And she was like, no, 
I want it shorter. Yeah, what are you talking about? (laughs) I need my buttons undone because, you know, I pass out if I'm restricted. (laughs) Yeah, this, what was happening there with all of that? There's been a couple of bits of sort of body shaming has been mentioned and objectification. Lily went into full-on feminist lecturing mode somehow, didn't she, at this uh, uniform business? It seemed to me to to just let Freddie prove that he at least thinks that he was approachable <laughs> and authoritative and fair. And Lily was like, she's literally just talked you into asking Trent if she can wear shorter skirts and undo buttons in the restaurant, <laughs> Freddie. Yeah, he's a fool, isn't he? When he said, um, don't speak to me like I'm a five-year-old. And he said, well, you sound just like a five-year-old, so. He always does, doesn't he? I have a, I do have a weird fondness for him, though, as well. No, I, I like do both you? of them, actually. Yeah. Him and Lily, I like mm. them. Um, I mean, it was a little bit strange when he was like, Bunny, come here, Bunny. Oh, yeah. Running yeah. You know, across the green. But apart from that. And his DJing business. I can't imagine how many DJing gigs he's actually got. He talks about it as if it's something that's happening all the time. Where? No, I thought exactly the same thing. And Lily, I felt, was biting her tongue at that point because he'd already said, oh, you'll just diss it if I tell you. So, yeah, it's a little bit, you know, I don't want to get into the mm. the arguments of things being not quite true to life in the archers. But, yeah, oh. where are all these gigs around <laughs> there? Because he, he was very wide-eyed when Rory was describing clubs yeah. in London. I was like, well, London's not that far away if you're a DJ. You might actually get some, yeah, that's some gigs, true. even yeah. if it's like the King's Head in Fulham or something like that, you might get yeah. it. See, that's me. I was doing the reverse. I was thinking, well, where in Borsetshire is he getting these gigs? But, you know. Well, I think that's what we're led to believe. But, you know, <clears throat> he might be getting gigs further afield. Yeah, with his bubble machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like I told you, he'll be up t- he'll be upstairs at the social club in Felpersham, you know, mm. f- fading Agadoo down and just went, how about them Felpersham town then? And then turning it back. I don't know why I've suddenly turned yeah. him into a Bristol. Felpersham massive. <laughs> I did think I had a charitable moment earlier today. I, I wrote it in my diary. <laughs> okay. Um, Mark the occasion. But I did think it must be actually quite hard to come up with storylines for so many years. I'd give it a go. Yeah, I know. And then I did sort of cross it out with my uh, Sharpie and thought, no, not that doesn't excuse this sort of dross, does it really? Well, they do have the long... The longer game storylines, don't they? True. And I, th- I think in terms of the old archers working office, like those used to go around the wall on lines, like almost like mm. a tube map and saying like, this is going to happen at some point and this yeah. will happen. And it's all about filling in those little spaces and finding out how you're going to connect those dots. So I thought that would be quite fascinating to actually feel like you have control over these people and do yeah. these things to them. So it's a bit like Tony with his little model train set, isn't it? That's what the scriptwriters and editor are doing, playing God. Yeah, when he's down there making the Earl of St. Germans go full pedal to the metal. (laughs) But it did make me wonder. I thought, well, what would I be making these people do? Well, for a start, I wouldn't have the people that have been in it this week in it very much at the moment. Well, you could, but you could make it a week of like the Hunger Games. (laughs) Yeah, what was that other excellent program? Uh, the Korean one, Squid Game. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Oh God, Matthew, you would love it. 
I, I watched it with the kids not that long ago in, in a big, big binge. In some ways, I feel like I've seen it because most of my 11 and 12 year old students have and they were acting it out for the first half of the <laughs> semester every time we had a break in the class. Oh, I reckon you'd like it. So, yeah, yeah maybe it, maybe we could have all of the characters from this week, but they all have to off each other. Yeah, stuff pudding competitions. Get some sort of squid games thing going on with this lot. Uh-huh. Yeah, where they all wear sort of coloured tracksuits and have to sort of run towards very precarious situations and perhaps have the heads chopped off. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, if anyone from the Beeb is listening, I think both <laughs> Kerry and I have, have we've, we've volunteered our services. Well, that suggests we do it for free. We've offered our services and... Uh, We're quite cheap. <laughs> yeah. If you're interested, give us a buzz. Shall we have an advert? That's exactly what I was going to say. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Okay, guys, um, we have got another segment on the show, and this probably isn't going to be a regular segment, but it's just something that needs saying. Oh, God. It's called... Kid Creole Correction Corner. Um, so there is a reason. A lot of people got in touch last mm. week because there was a chat. Um, Kid Creole and the Coconuts came up because Peter Powell said, Peter Powell said? You're obsessed. <laughs> Peter Fickling said that he gave away he Peter Powell's... He has got Powell's... lovely dip- dimples. Yeah, yeah, he gave away Peter Powell's platinum playlist to people for Christmas because Peter Powell left them behind. Um, we might have a Peter Powell correction corner next week on the back of that. <laughs> or litigious corner. Um, so, yeah, we were talking about Kid Creole and the Coconuts and I said that Kid Creole of Kid Creole and the Coconuts had gone down for murder of a homeless man and, of course, he hadn't. It was the Kid Creole former former um he was with grandmaster flash wasn't he he yeah and i did read the actual article so i did name the correct person who'd gone down and it was not august donnell who is kid creole in the coconut so Uh, and apparently the baddie's got two d's in his kid yeah and apparently kid creole of kid creole in the coconuts fame has been out there saying it wasn't me like there's loads of articles with him saying i'm not that guy um, the other thing that happened that d- d- didn't make the cut last week was I incorrectly said that Kid Creole and the Coconuts had a hit with Amy, I'm Not Your Daddy, which is incorrect. <laughs> That's just something Alan likes to sing. <laughs> oh, very good, Matthew. So, I, yeah, and I don't think, I mean, as I 
as I said to Peter today, we may still have to come up with one of those for Enya. She, her lawyers never got in touch after hmm. Peter claimed she lived as a hermit surrounded by loads of scony poos in jars in an attic. But you never know, you might, you might hear this somewhere. Scony poos in jars. Is that what Fallon put in the quiche? <laughs> it could be. Enya's shit. <laughs> is that it? Oh, what is it going to be? Will we ever find out? No, I don't think so. And it's incredibly disappointing, isn't it? Yeah. And now she's, is she going to have to make them all the time? Because Jill thought they were bloody marvellous and everyone scoffed them and wants more of them. Maybe it'll all be revealed on on pudding pan, (laughs) (laughs) pudding pandemonium day, whatever (laughs) fuck they're calling that ridiculous thing when is that sodding thing it's on the bank holiday oh piss off yeah what the queen's the queen's bank holiday thing oh god i don't know i don't know what goes on over there anymore you guys are having a week off aren't you uh yeah they're moving the uh may bank holiday monday which would have been the 30th they're moving that one to the thursday and we're having a friday as well so we've got the thursday friday in fact aren't we doing something that at that point that's the point. Yeah, that's it. The Archers goes to um, Monday to Friday episodes then, doesn't it? I got a little bit excited this week because they put out that, the Archers Twitter account put out that, what's your favourite cliffhanger. cliffhanger? And they had yeah. the Sopranos ending, a few other things. I reckon the first Friday is going to have a humdinger of a cliffhanger. What to do with what... puddings? <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. That, I suppose it would mark the whole return thing wouldn't it to the full episodes yeah rob's gonna show up with a with a massive blancmange yeah (laughs) and smother helen with it and steal henry oh no it's not henry he wants is it's the other one well henry's gonna be lord chief justice of puddings isn't he according to ed so but he's gonna actually gonna be the chair which i thought was a bit sad everyone's gonna have to sit on him (laughs) i'd quite like to sit on him and on that note, Kerry, if people want to get in touch on Twitter, yes. how do they do that? Yes, do come to Twitter and play with us at the Cider Shed Pod. And we had a bit of a feisty time of it this past week. I don't know whether well, I've mentioned it, it's too late now. It wasn't always about the archers this week, was it? It was about other things. Yeah, that's what Could... I mean. Might have, sometimes it was about other realms within the podcast world as well. We got asked a lot of questions this week. We did get asked a lot of questions. Things that almost no longer concern us. Mm. Well, yeah, they 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 are concerning. <laughs> but yeah, we had uh, quite a lively time of it. But anyway, apart from that, uh, it's good fun there. And please come and join us. Yeah, likewise, come and find us on Instagram. We're the same handle there, at the Cider Shed Pod. And we have an ever-growing Facebook page called the Cider Shed Podcast, and that's a Facebook group. And there is an email as well, if you want to get in touch with crazy new pudding recipes. Uh, <laughs> hello at the com. So, Kerry, mm. you're going to... How are you going to handle the rest of the evening? You've crammed the archers. You've watched the North London Derby. It didn't end up how you wanted it or how I wanted it, actually. It would have would have worked out nicely for me. What's the rest of the evening hold? I'm going to eat an entire raw lamb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Um... The Kerry Warbis Lamb Apology Corner. <laughs> 
will never ever happen. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, see you next week, you lovely lot. See everyone. Take care. Bye. Hang on.